Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lupe Martinez knows how to win now. I think all along she was a fighter, but she just didn't know how to win. And now she knows how to win, and she's taking that with her. And people that fight her, those people that beat her before, and she fought a lot of good fighters before, I think they're going to have a hard time if they ever fight her again. Because she knows how to win now. Mm-hmm. Now, more about fights that didn't actually happen. They were announced for the last couple of weeks. One of them uh, that we actually announced on our last show was Callie Reese, um, the middleweight fighter, was scheduled to fight Sidney LeBlanc on uh, in, in uh, I think it was somewhere in the in the south, like in Virginia or something like that. But that fight actually didn't happen. She, that was going to be a rematch against Lily LeBlanc. Uh, Callie Reese beat her out back in October, but maybe because of lack of opposition, um, she, you know, they're going to fight again. And then also, uh, Oakland, California's um, Rochelle Miller was supposed to fight in New York City uh, this past Wednesday. Lou DeBella, DeBella Entertainment, had. Uh, one of their uh, Broadway boxing shows. It's a, a club show that they usually have in Manhattan at the B.B. King's establishment there in Manhattan. And it was this past Wednesday. And she was uh, she was scheduled to fight Zuvia Sabatos on that on Wednesday night. But then that fight ended up not happening either. So two fights that would have been maybe interesting, uh, more the Rochelle Miller against... Uh, Raquel Miller against Sylvia Sabato, I think that would have been more interesting because since her last fight, where she ended up knocking out uh, the much more experienced but smaller Lisa Garland uh, back in uh, in October, that would have been a good kind of a step up, up knockouts from Francisco. And if she would have, uh, Sabato would have been a little bit because although Sabato's record is not that great, he has fought the better opposition, you know, what the risk of shield and other yeah, women out there. Up. So, breaking up? Yeah, yeah, you're kind okay. of breaking up. Uh, can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So what do you think, David? I mean, I I don't believe, I, I don't know what, what was the reason of why uh, Raquel Miller's uh, uh, fight was canceled, but what would you? What do you think about that fight if it would have happened? It maybe happens in the near future. Well, it's a good matchup because Sylvia Sabato is a very tough girl. Uh, I called up Lou Debella, the promoter of the show, and he told me that uh, the, uh, the flu was the reason that that fight was canceled. That one of the girls got the flu and and they had to cancel. Uh, I think it was must have been Sabato's because Raquel Miller. Yeah. She actually went went on her on her. Uh, she went on her social media and kind of apologized to her fans. So before we have Mariana Juarez call in, which she should be doing any minute now, uh, David, what do you think about her being named the Ring Magazine uh, Fighter of the Year? Well, um, the website that we work for, the fightfighters.com, also uh, voted her Fighter of the Year and in a tight one because there were so many good girls, uh, so many good female fighters. They all did incredible feats. But the, it came down to the final two between Brakis and Mariana. And um, Brakis, you know, she, she broke the, the, the uh, law against, female, against boxing in, in Norway. And that, that was incredible. So she got voted by the writers. But Ring and Pie Fighters 
for Mariana because I, you know what she did also was incredible. Three divisions and and uh, gathering uh, or attracting a half a million people. That was incredible to providing such a million people. In fact, that's one of the questions I want to ask her when she calls in. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, David. That I agree with you that. In my view, Mariana should have taken the top honor across the board with any organization because although Cecilia Brickhouse did do some impressive things, I think, you know, at the position that she's at and the weight class that she's in, you know, she's undefeated. She's a, she's a undisputed unified world champion at welterweight. You know, it is to be expected somehow of Cecilia Breakhouse to achieve the things that she has. But I think with Mariana, who, you know, even though she's fighting some great fighters and she's taking up challenges and, and defeating these challenges, you know, it's safe to say that she's in the twilight of her career. And for her to capture a third world title, the first Mexican female fighter to ever do so, um, is is quite impressive, which she did in 2017. And then, like you mentioned, you know, uh, gathering, you know, almost half a million of uh, fans to the Socalo in Mexico City, and then defending her title against good opponents is something to be uh, made note of. And I think that she should have won, um, you know, Female Fighter of the Year by any organization that is giving out that award. So, you know, the Price Fighters did it, PriceFighters.com, Ring Magazine did it, BWA didn't, you know, but, you know, hopefully uh, she keeps, uh, you know, achieving this year, which it sounds like she will because she is uh, putting on uh, some good fights. And then if that mega fight happens in, in the summer, which we should, we, I'm sure we will talk to her about, uh, possibly against Jackie Nava, and she ends up winning that fight, I don't think – anybody can achieve anything higher this year um, with the way things are going in female boxing. I mean, obviously, Amanda Serrano could come back and, and score another world title, her sixth in a different division, but it looks like she's pretty entrenched in her MMA training and her upcoming debut in that. And then, you know, Clarissa Shields, if she ends up going down to 160, then we might be able to see that. But, you know, that's not set in stone just yet. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see Amanda Serrano stick around. Well, before we get uh, Mar- Barbie on here, let's go a little bit to the female fight chatter and talk about some of the up- uh, some of the news that happened in the last couple of weeks. One of them that I found quite interesting, David, I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, this past Tuesday at the traditional, uh, you know, Tuesday coffee time press conference that the WBC holds in Mexico City, Current WBC heavyweight champion Alejandra Jimenez announced she will be moving down to 168 pounds because of a lack of opponents now in the heavyweight division. No word was discussed or no word was announced of what would happen to her WBC heavyweight title. So what do you think about that? I mean, she does have to lose about, I would imagine, about at least 40 pounds to get down to 168. But... You know, she pretty much is on, on that on that journey now of getting down to 168 so that she can start competing at the super middleweight division. That would be great if she did that because then uh, I could easily foresee her fighting Clarissa Shields at 168, and that would be a battle. 
I don't know. She she she's actually. It looks like she's she's been thinking about this for a while because when she captured the world title against Marta Salazar back in 2016, she weighed 225. She went up a little bit in her next fight to 224, and then 230 and 236. But in her last fight, which was back in November, she got down to 216. So in between fights, which was August of 2017 against the Canadian Vanessa LePage Joannis, and her last fight, which wasn't a, a title fight against Maria Jose Vélez, she actually dropped 20 pounds. And I would imagine since November, she's whittled down a little bit more. So maybe we'll be seeing her come back at 168 pounds quite uh, quite quickly here. Now, if we look at the rankings of, of he- current heavyweights right now, she's at, at, at 10 and 0. She's number one with Carla Ewell, a fighter that she beat by knockout, is number two in the world. And Sonia Lamonaki is a fight that I was hoping it could be made between Alejandra Jimenez mm-hmm. and Sonia is number three. So if Jimenez leaves the title vacant, I would imagine that you know, Carlet Ewell and Sonia Lamonakis would would uh, face each other for it because I mean, out of out of the top five, you know, they're the only ones that have double digit fights. It's it's Lara Ramsey, Sonia Lamonakis, Carlet Lewis, Carlet Ewell, and Alejandra Jimenez, and then the rest of the of the field, which is only 20 active heavyweight female fighters in the whole world, have less than 10 fights. So yeah, that's true. But there's a lot, you know, there there are a lot of girls in New Zealand fighting at heavyweight. Uh, if you keep an eye on it, there there's about six or seven over there. They yeah. don't get the mm-hmm. recognition because they're way over there, but they're heavyweight. Then there's a, uh, another American by the name of Sonia Fox, who is six and zero right now, who hasn't gotten a lot of recognition either. Now, if you go down to super middleweight, obviously the number one seeded fighter in the world is Clarissa Shields. And then after that, we have Tori Nelson. We have Maricela Cornejo. Well, that would be, imagine Maricela Cornejo against, uh, uh, and that fight could be made because Maricela Cornejo just signed with Golden Boy Promotions. And, yeah. and Alejandra Jimenez is with Cancun Boxing. And Cancun Boxing and Golden Boy Promotions work uh, closely uh, quite often. Oh, yeah. So that's a fight that could definitely be made between uh, Alejandra Jimenez and Maricela Cornejo, and then we have Nikki Adler, Franchon Cruz, and so on and so forth. So, actually, there's actually less super middleweights active in the world than in the than in the heavyweight division. According to BoxRec, there's only 17 active super middleweights, whereas at heavyweight there was 20. So, I don't know why she would think that there's more uh, opponents at uh, at super middleweight, but then. But then I guess it would be much easier to get a, a super welterweight or even a welterweight or a middleweight to go up to 168 and face her instead of finding a getting a 168 pounder to go all the way to heavyweight. True, true. Yeah, and then there's okay. a big fight. I mean, that's a big money fight if she could fight her way down to Clarissa Shields. True. Now, long-reigning champion Momo Koseki announced her retirement from the sport at the age of 35. She made 17 successful defenses of her title, and in her last fight, she captured the 105-pound title from fellow Japanese Yuko Kuroki. So now she was an Adam weight, long-reigning Adam weight, 102-pound champion. Uh, from so now, her, uh, 
you know, retiring, those two titles are going to go vacant. The 102 and the 105-pound WBC titles are going to be vacant. So Momo Koseki retiring uh, at the age of 35. And lastly, in the female fight chatter, Clara Svensson, with a record of 17 wins, two losses, only five knockouts, has linked up with renowned German coach Yuli Wegner and George Bramowski as she targets a rematch with WBC, WBA, WBO, and IBF World Super Welterweight, actually World Welterweight Champion Cecilia Brickhouse. In her last fight a year ago, Svensson lost to Brickhouse via United decision. She said, and I quote, George and Yuli trained Cecilia from an amateur and taught her everything she knows. She's trying to switch to an American style now, but she was definitely quicker and more effective with the Germans. With them in my corner, I know I can beat her, but for now, I'm just working hard to get back in shape, and I plan to be back in the ring in March, David. So who is Cecilia Breakhouse training with now? Do you do you have any info on that? Uh, you know, I I do have info, but I can't remember his name. Um, but, uh, is he uh, out of Europe? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's quite interesting. Go ahead. Uh, oh, you know what? She was also working with American, um, the ones that the Klitschko uh, brother had. Uh, the one from the Crunk? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sugar Hill or something like that. I think they call him. Uh, you might be right. I forget his name. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I mean I don't know I don't remember his name, but they do call him like Sugar Hill or something like that. He used to be an assistant coach to uh, the late great Emmanuel Jonathan Stewart. Banks. Yeah, Jonathan Banks. Yeah, I think he's he's connected with her too. I'm not positive though. I couldn't I wouldn't uh, put my word on that. <laughs> well, it makes sense because she is promoted by K2 Promotions, and obviously K2 K2 is the Klitschko's brothers. Um, so maybe she asked them, or or maybe they hooked it up one way or the other. I find it interesting that after all her success with uh, with Uli Wegner uh, in the amateurs and now in the pros, I mean undefeated, undisputed um, welterweight champion. At this late in the game, she would make a, a such a dramatic switch of of changing uh, trainers. But, you know, her loss might be the gain of other fighters, and that might be Clara Svensson, who is looking to see if they could give her the insight of how to beat her. Because, obviously, if you end up – if you're the first person to beat Cecilia Breakhouse, I mean, it's like, you know, Jake LaMotta beating Sugar Ray Robinson that first in the first of their five fights. You know, it, it, it's something that, you know, Jake LaMotta in his own right, in his career, did enough things to be remembered about. But the one thing that he is remembered about is about is it was the main thing is beating Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, very true. Okay, so we here we are in the two minute round. Your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is our number forty one episode, and we are waiting for our good friend and previous guest Mariana Labarri Juarez to call in and give us a little bit of her time. We know that she is in preparation for her next fight. She is scheduled to fight on February 17th against Gabriela Bouvier of Uruguay. And you know, the thing is, they're going to be fighting for the uh, uh, WBC Bantamweight title. Gabriela Bouvier is 13 wins, seven losses, and one draw with three knockouts. But two of those losses, David, have come 
to none other than Mariana Juarez. They first faced each other back in May of 2011, and that was for the WBC female flyweight title. Mariana Juarez stopped her in seven, and then two fights later, they fought for the same title. Um, so that was in October of the same year, and Mariana stopped her in four rounds. So First of all, I don't understand why if Mariana stopped her in seven rounds the first time they faced each other, why they would fight again five months later unless, you know, they couldn't find an opponent for Mariana. But now at Bantamweight, they're fighting again. Now, since then, Bouvier actually was crowned uh, the IBF flyweight champion back in uh, October of 2013. She beat uh, Romina Elizabeth Alcantara. Uh, via split decision back in 2013 for the IBF. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. She beat Florencia Roxana Canteros via unanimous decision for the vacant IBF female flyweight title in October 2013. And then uh, she defended it once against Carolina Alvarez, and then she lost, she she ended up dropping it in in December of 2014 against. Leonel, Leonela Paola Judica, who I believe is the current champion right now, and that was yes. a split decision. Yeah, she is the champion right now. So since then, uh, she went up to Super Flyweight and challenged for the Super Flyweight WBC, using losing a unanimous decision against Zulina Munoz. And then she went to uh, South Africa and lost to Sheridan 14 via points back in uh, late 2016. And she has not fought since uh, November 20th. I mean, I'm sorry, December 20th of 2016 when she got her third round TKO over Fabiana Lopez back home in Argentina. So this is a fighter that has not fought in about a year, a little bit over a year. Uh, She didn't have a fight in all of 2017, and this is going to be her first fight in 2018. And she's going to be challenging Mariana Juarez for the WPC Bantamweight title. She started as a uh, as a flyweight. Mariana Juarez did as well. So I don't think there's going to be a, a advantage in size for Mariana Juarez. But the one thing that Bouvier does have is an advantage in age. She was born in 1991, which would make her about 26, 25, 26 years old. And Mariana Juarez, as we all know, she's 38, just turned 38 a couple, actually a couple of days ago. Her birthday was January 29th. Uh, so she just turned 38. So we'll see uh, if hopefully Mariana calls in. She's supposed to call in uh, about eight minutes ago. So we'll see. Hopefully she didn't forget, David. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I don't see any messages. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't the Bouvier from... Uh... She, she was Uruguay's first world champion, isn't she? Our only world champion. Um, she is from Uruguay. Yeah, I think that she's been – she's the only – are there only world champions that never had a male world champion in Uruguay? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't think of anybody. Is there another oh, – there is a uh, – wait a minute. There might be another female champion now, uh, Chris. Um, oh, yeah, the – yeah, Nemus Namus. Let me see. Oh, she, yeah. yeah, she's from Uruguay. Chris Namus. She's the uh, she's the uh, junior middleweight IBF champion. Chris Namus, twenty four and four. 
with uh, one no contest and eight knockouts. She's been a champion for 180 days uh, from from Uruguay. So yeah, she she's the Chris Namus is the second, and quite possibly Gabriela Bouvier is the first. Yeah. Did you get? A, did you talk to Mariana through the uh, on the phone or? Or yeah, did we you text, send it? We text. Oh, you texted it? Do you want a reminder? Yeah, I'm going to send her a message right now. Yeah, Chris Namus, 24 and 4 with eight knockouts. She's 30 years old and she captured her title uh, back in August of 2017 uh, with the uh, United Decision over Yamila Este Reynoso in Montevideo, Uruguay. And before that, she had actually. Um, had gone up to welterweight and and challenged Cecilia Breakhouse back in February of 2016, and she ended up losing a unanimous decision there um, uh, against Cecilia Breakhouse for the welterweight titles. Her other two losses have come against Argentinian Fernanda Soledad Alegre, and those were for the uh, super lightweight titles, but then uh, finally she was able to capture the IBF super welterweight title. So she's actually fought at 140, 147, and 154, this 30-year-old Chris Namus from Montevideo, Uruguay. So as we're waiting for uh, uh, Mariana Juarez to hopefully call in so we could hold a, a quick interview with her uh, regarding her fight coming up on March 2017, we'll give you a quick rundown of what Mariana Juarez has done uh, in the last, uh, well, since capturing her title. She captured the title. Actually, she was the 115-pound champion. And then in um, in um, 2016, in August of 2016, she decided to move up to to 118 pounds looking. She was actually the WBC International Super Flyweight Champion. So she was looking for a third title and she had not gotten the opportunity to to challenge for that WBC title against Sulina Lalova Munoz. Sulina ended up losing that to the aforementioned Guadalupe Martinez. So searching for that third world title in as many divisions, which would give her uh, a record in the in the in the record books, at least for in Mexican female boxing uh, record books, she went up to 118 pounds, and her first foray in 118 pounds wasn't a good one, where she ended up losing a unanimous decision to Daliana Romina Bermudez, who is currently the WBO bantamweight champion. She ended up losing there, and you know, a lot of people question her future not only in the division, but in boxing, because, you know, at that time she was already 36 years old. And she, although she started off that fight very well, Romina Bermudez was able to close a lot better and looked a lot bigger than her, even though Bermudez has fought all the way down to junior flyweight. Now, in her next fight, which was later that year, 2016 in December, Mariana Juarez fought, Irma Garcia, Torbellina Garcia, who just challenged for the WBC Super Flyweight title. And with that, in that fight, she ended up scoring a majority decision and captured the WBC International Female Bantamweight title. Uh, with that title, she got her opportunity to challenge the lineal uh, 
WBC female bantamweight champion Catherine Fiddy. Fiddy had de- had actually uh, defeated um, uh, what was her name uh, La Rosita Rivas uh, back in early 2016 at the second female WBC female convention. But Mariana Juarez she she actually pulled a little bit of an up, up, uh, upset and scored a unanimous decision over Catherine Fini. And, and with that, it captured the WBC female bantamweight title. Uh, since then, she has defended it twice. The first time was in July of last year against Terumi Nuki. That was a unanimous decision in uh, Guadalajara. And then her last fight, which was in November last year, against veteran Alicia Graf, she scored a six-round TKO, which brings us to her first fight of 2018, scheduled for uh, February of 2000. Uh, actually, her first fight in 2018, I'm sorry, and it's scheduled for February uh, 2017, which is next week, against former IBF flyweight champion Gabriela Bouvier of Uruguay. David, any luck? Uh, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. Well, then, with that said, let's move on a little bit to the upcoming yeah. calendar. And uh, Thursday, February 8th, actually tonight, and I think the fight already happened, David, but I have not seen the results just yet, but this fight is going down at the Civic Center in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, lightweight Ikram Kerwat was going to take on veteran Angel Gladney in a scheduled eight-rounder. Um, this fight was going to be broadcast on the Internet, and uh, it is of note because on this same fight card in the um, – in the main event, it was going to be uh, supposedly the last fight for Roy Jones Jr., 49-year-old Roy Jones Jr., who has, you know, threatened to retire a couple times before, <laughs> has stated that this is the actually the, his last fight. So we'll see if that is true. But on that fight card in Pensacola, Florida, they did have a female fight between Ikram Kerwat and Angel Glenny. And at, in the, our next show scheduled for February 22nd, We'll give you the result of that. Now, tomorrow night, Friday, February 9th, from Santa Fe, Argentina, Anaí Esther Sanchez, coming off her loss against uh, Katie Taylor, is going to be taking on fellow Argentinian Ruth Stephanie Aquino in a scheduled six-rounder at 135 pounds. And then on Saturday, February the 10th, from the Gimnasio Municipal in Ciudad Juárez, Promociones del Pueblo on Televisa gives us Diana Labonita Fernández going against veteran Noemi Bosquez in a 10-rounder for the vacant uh, WBC flyweight title. Now, we did write up a preview of this fight for thepricefighters.com where you can, you know, read about this upcoming matchup. David, you know, Diana Fernandez, she's coming off two straight losses. She just got signed to Promociones del Pueblo, which quite frankly might be one of the strongest and biggest female boxing promoters. They're not exclusive female boxing, but they do have a lot of female fighters on their stable. I mean, I'm talking about the, uh, they have Mariana Juarez. They have her sister, uh, Lourdes Juarez. They have Kika Chavez. They have Ibella Roca Zamora. They have Esmeralda Moreno. They have, uh, uh, Selena Rubio. Uh, no, Selena is independent kind of, but they have a, a, a lot of fighters under, in their stable. So they just signed Diana Fernandez to her stable despite coming off her two, two straight losses. One of her losses, the first loss, was 
for the uh, IBF fly, Super Flyweight title, title against Deborah Anaí Dionises in Argentina. And then the second loss in a row and her second in her career was against uh, Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez, Mariana's younger sister, which was somewhat contested, uh, a, a close fight. So, it, you know. It was, yeah, it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Yeah. I thought Lourdes won. But, but, you know, being that it, you know, it was in Indiana Fernandez's hometown of Ciudad Juarez, now Noemi Bosquez, mm-hmm. you know, started off her career great with a bunch of wins, suffered a loss, and then, you know, in the last, her last six or seven fights, she's probably lost six of them and drawn one. Even fights that were at her hometown of St. Petersburg, Florida, which were, would have been considered fights that she should have won, she ended up losing. So how important is this fight for each one of these fighters? Diana Fernandez coming off two straight losses, first fight under the new promotional company, and Noemi Bosquez, who despite having quite a number of losses in the double digits, still gets called for these type of fights on national, Mexican national TV because, you know, she is known. This is her third fight in Mexico, fighting Mariana Juarez before and Pequeña Lulu Juarez. This is going to be her third fight, and she comes to fight. But how important is the, is the win for either for each one of these ladies in this fight? Well, I think for Diana it's not as important, uh, but she is fighting in front of her hometown and she probably gets the judgment. But I think uh, for Noemi it's, it's more important. Um, I think she has the she she has the knowledge and experience, and she can do something if she wants. I mean, she had I mean you just look at Lupe Martinez and she was. She did after what nine losses? She won a world title. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, you just have to think, uh, fight a smart fight. She has the talent, and you can win the fight if you if you fight smart. I'm not, I'm not talking about running away, but but clean shots and not letting the other go hit her. Be yeah. uh, good on defense, and and that'll win the fight. Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of. I agree with you on the Noemi Bosquez side. I think this fight is important for her. I think that if she ends up losing this fight, you know, she's still going to keep fighting, but we might not see her in this type of a fight, at least in Mexico, where her record is not going to help her get on TV. But as far mm-hmm. as Diana Fernandez, I think that it is an, I think that it will affect her in a certain way because, you know, fighting for a world title and losing, I mean, you, you got to that fight undefeated. You know, no, no, no shame in that. There's a winner and a loser in each fight, and you lost your first world. Your first loss of your career was for a world title, so there's no, there's no shame in that, and and, and you don't take a step back because of that. Now, your second loss against La Pequeña Lulu. I mean, it was in your hometown. Um, you know, she's a hard fighter. She was the home, the the promotional fighter because the promotional company is actually based out of Ciudad Juarez. So she was like the, even though she was the, the visitor, Pequeña Lulu, she was in the red corner. You know, she was on the right corner for the promotion of the company. But losing to Noemi Bosquez, not to take anything away from Bosquez, very experienced. Um, you know, she's a good fighter. She's tough. She knows how to box. She knows how to bra. But her record is like 11 wins, 10 losses. Losing to that type of fighter in your hometown, I think it's going to affect Diana Fernandez because not only would it give her her third loss in a row, but then it might, 
you know, it might show that maybe she's not as good as as we think and what her record of, I think it's like 15-2, and two, if not 16-2, portrays. I mean, losing to Noemi Bosquez is not nothing bad because Noemi Bosquez is more experienced and she is a good fighter and she knows mm-hmm. how to fight. But losing to an 11-10 and 10 fighter, whoever it is, that should affect your career. Uh, true, true. But, you know, the thing is, what I see with uh, Fernandez is that she's a great attraction. People want to see her fight. and She's very popular in Juarez and probably all of uh, Chihuahua. Um, and, um, but, but she does have flaws. She has flaws in her, her style. She's kind of wide. Uh, she kind of, uh, you know, depends on brawling. And, and the one thing she has going for her, she's a very strong, strong girl. And she's very, uh, what's the word? She has good stamina. Mm-hmm. She, she's very young. She's very young still. And so I yeah, think she has uh, a lot of more, a lot of more tools to learn. She hasn't been She's 23. Now, yeah. she's 16 and 2 with three knockouts. She's 16 and 3 with three knockouts. She probably doesn't have the power to keep Noemi Bosquez off her. Because Noemi Bosquez, you know, She's only been stopped once, and that was like by La Pequeña Lulu. Moemi Bosquez doesn't have a lot of power either. She's 11 and 10 with three draws and two knockouts, and she's only been stopped once, and she's fought some tough fighters that can hit. She's actually gone up to 122, 126 pounds and fought Heather Hardy twice, and Heather Hardy wasn't able to stop her. So Mariana Juarez wasn't able to stop her. So I don't think that Diana Fernandez has the power to stop her, but I think that Noemi has the skill and the experience to be able to beat Diana Fernandez. Now, the only question here is that it's being reported that it's going to be 112 pounds, which is a weight that Noemi, even though she started her career in that weight class, hasn't seen in quite a while uh, the 112 pounds. So let me see. Um, her last fight was at 115 against Sonia Osorio, and that was back home. Uh, before that, she was up as high as 123. Against Lourdes, La Pequeña de Lu Juarez, she got down to close to 112. That was uh, 113 and a half, but that was in December of 2016, over a year ago. And then against Rosalina Rodriguez, she was up at Bantamweight at 117 and three quarters. So she, the last time that she even made 112 pounds was – uh, back in 2014. So no, no, no. In 2000, yeah, 2014, she got down to a 111 and three quarters. So, um, you know, let's see. Let's. See. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, even though it's being reported that it's the 12 pound international title. But we'll see if that's if that's the case. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Now, also on Saturday, February the 10th, from. Uh, the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Harding Promotions gives us Nivia Feliciano versus Alicia Baumgartner in an A-rounder, 130 pounds. And this is another, you know, uh, gatekeeper type of fight for Nivia Feliciano. In her last fight, we started Mikael Mayer um, back in Tucson in, in September of last year. And she, you know, lost a majority decision, a four-round majority decision, but out of the five, six opponents or four opponents, three opponents that Mayer has had, Nina Feliciano by far is the toughest opponent. And it's the only one that has gone the distance with 
uh, Nidia Feliciano. So now she is facing um, another starter who's only 4-0 in Alicia Baumgartner, but a very hard hitter with uh, four knockouts. All her fights have been, she's won by knockout. What do you know about uh, Alicia Baumgartner, David? Uh, really, I don't know anything about her. I've never seen anything, uh, any video of her or anything. Okay. She's 23 years old, based out of Fremont, Ohio. Um, she went pro last year in March with the uh, first-round TKO of Brennan Hart. Then she stopped Wendy Tony. She stopped LaShonda Tabron, and she stopped Brittany Artis. But other than that, you know, she didn't fight anybody. So neither Feliciano with a record of nine wins, nine losses, and three draws, zero knockouts. It's going to give her a run for her money in a six rounder, an eight rounder. So it's going to, it, that gives a little bit of an advantage for, for Nidia because since uh, you, this uh, Alicia Baumgartner has never uh, been scheduled for more than uh, four rounds. So she's actually doubling her rounds in her next fight against a very experienced and a very tough. Nidia Feliciano. So let's see what happens there on Saturday night. And I'm actually trying to get a hold of Alicia Baumgartner so we could do a fresh faces feature on her for the pricefighters.com and also obviously have the audio of that interview here on the two minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. Now, moving on to Thursday, February 15th from the Montreal Casino in Montreal, Canada, gym promotions. This is the main event on a gym promotions card, David, on a Thursday. And I'm sure you're familiar, but if our listeners are not familiar with gym promotions, they're the same promotional company as Adonis Stevenson, Eledir Alvarez, and a couple of the more, the bigger names in Canada. And they're actually holding a, uh, a fight card on a Thursday with the main event being a female fight, which you don't see that often in Canada, David, unless that main event fight is Jelena Marianovich, but here we have, yeah, yeah so this, it kind of put in the right direction. So here we have Mary Eve DeCary facing Katia Alvarino in a 10-rounder for the vacant NABF 154-pound title, David. And this Mary Eve, she's undefeated, um, never really fought anybody. But, you know, when I was looking and putting together the, the fight schedule, um, I was looking at her, 31 years old, 10 and 0, no knockouts, but you know, possibly an opponent in the future for some of the bigger names, maybe Clarissa Shields, maybe um, uh, with a pen Ana Gabriel, uh, Chris Namus, who we mentioned uh, earlier, uh, one of those fighters, you know. So we'll see what happens now. If you capture the W, the NABF World Title. I mean, actually, it's not a world title. It's a regional title, North American Boxing Federation. You immediately get highly ranked by the WBC since you're associated. Now, the WBC Super Welterweight Champion is Ewa Piatkowska from Poland, 10-1 for knockouts. And then they also have an interim champion from Russia, Ina Sagadavskaya, with seven wins, zero losses, three knockouts. So we'll see what happens out there in Canada between Mary Eve DeKairi and Katia Alvarino. That's on Thursday, February the 15th. Now, David, as we have had two shows of the two-minute round this year, 2018, but the schedule has been very light up till now, where on Saturday, February 17th, we're going to have an avalanche 
female boxing uh, throughout the world. There's actually uh, five major fights scheduled for that weekend, um, February 17th, so in a couple weeks. First of all, from Argentina, we have Deborah Anaí Dionisius uh, defending her IBF Super Flyweight title against Japanese Terumi Nuki, and that's going to be in Argentina. And then the same night, our guest for today, which I don't think is going to happen, David, uh, Mariana La Barbie Juarez from the Arena Coliseo in Mexico City, Promotion uh, de Puebla and Televisa is going to be defending her title against Gabriela Bouvier in a 10-rounder for the WBC Bantamweight title. The same night in Guadalajara, Mexico, on the competing Terrestrial Network Azteca, Sanford Promotions gives us a fight that I've been waiting for for how long, David? About a year and a half, two years? Where yeah, I've been calling, easily. I've been, easily. Yeah, well, you predicted it. You predicted that fight yeah. happened. I've been calling for this fight for at least a couple, at least a year. Well, I, I kind of started calling it even before Montserrat La Raya Alarcón captured the WBO 112-pound title. And the reason right. that before that she captured it against a Japanese fighter, and the reason being is because Monterrey, Mexico's Areli Muncino is the only Mexican fighter who has captured the three major world titles in a weight class. She has been the IPF, the WBC, and the WBA flyweight champion, and the only title that she ever needed to capture in that same weight class. Now, not at all at the same time, but at different times is the WBO, and on February 17th, on that Saturday, on the Azteca channel, she is going to be challenging Montserrat Alarcón for that title. Now, Montserrat has not defended the title yet since she has fought since she captured it. I believe it was in April or May of last year. Um, but she has never fought anybody with the experience of Areli Muncino. But, you know, like we we seen with Guadalupe Martinez, to me the easy favorite is Areli Muncino creating history, making history, capturing the world title. But if Alarcón is anything like Guadalupe Martinez and has actually gotten better with the world title around her waist, then, you know, she might make it very hard for Muzinho to, you know, to uh, to achieve her dream. Now, one thing oh, yeah. about Alarcón, yeah, one thing about Alarcón is that she is a 105-pounder and she moved up to 112 for the opportunity. So Muzinho might have a size advantage there. But other than that, I think it's going to be a pretty good fight, David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she knocked down the Japanese fighter and and she beat her in Japan. That, she beat her to a pulp. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was a big win. That wasn't no, no uh, error or lucky win. She she actually beat her. And since that since that fight, uh, the Japanese fighter by the name of uh, Nana Yoshikawa, she's actually captured. She captured the interim WBC flyweight title. So. We might be even be seeing a, a, a rematch if, if Montserrat Larcón uh, holds on to that WBO title. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a rematch with Nana Yakinawa if Nana wants it. You know, obviously on the same card in Guadalajara, Mexico, David, Yareli Larios, La Chololita, daughter of Oscar Chololo Larios, will be facing Jessica Barcenas in a rate rounder, 126 pounds. The last time that we saw Barrios, she actually was fought. She fought a. She ended up suffering her first loss, um, but it was in a. Yeah, she. Yeah, she, she, she sister, uh, Ana Maria's sister. 
No, 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 no. She fought. She's lost a split decision to Jasmine Rivas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, for the vacant WBC International Super Bantamweight title. So she is coming back from um, that loss in an eight-rounder against unheralded Jessica Barcenas on Saturday, February the 17th. Um, on the main, uh, what's going to be on the support of Montserrat Arcona Guerrero Now, also on the 17th schedule at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, Nevada, Mayweather Promotions, Ava Knight against the feared TBA Tiffany Beth Anderson in a six rounder at 115 pounds. We try to get a hold of Ava. We have not been able to get a hold of her, but uh, we be, we are planning to be in the house at the Mandalay Bay. So if that fight does go down, we'll be able to give you a ringside report on that one. And then finally, from the Don Haskins Convention Center in El Paso, Texas, Jennifer Hahn will be defending her IBF featherweight title against Lisbeth Crespo. And one thing that I do want to point out about Jennifer Hahn, David, is that despite not being with the major promoter, I mean, she is managed by our good friend Luigi Oltesi, um, but she's yeah. not with the major promoter. She's not, he's not, she's not with the Debella. She's not with, you know, a top rank. She's not with the Golden Boy. She's not even with the major promoter out in, in Texas. She's been kept pretty busy and defending her title nonstop in El Paso, Texas, and has become quite a, uh, quite a uh, draw. They actually did one, two, three, four, five, six. This is her seventh straight fight in El Paso, Texas. She has not fought anywhere else in her last seven fights, but in El Paso, Texas. She had a good win, too. She had a good win over Helen Joseph, who was pretty tough. Nobody knows about yeah. Helen Joseph yet, but yes. she's pretty tough, and, and uh, Han has she's a win. Been who, she's been calling out. Who she's been calling out? She's been calling out quite... Everybody. everybody. Yeah, she's been calling everybody. <laughs> but, Christina, in her last fights in El Paso, Texas, um, Jennifer and Han has had a great run. Um she beat Christina Reese, who is a tough fighter from te- from around there, from Texas. Um, she beat Helen Joseph, like you mentioned. Uh, actually, before that, she beat Fatuma Sarika, who who a is a fighter. good fighter as well. She's actually she's right now the super bantamweight. She's a super bantamweight champion right now. Yep. Jennifer Hahn beat her Hel- in El Paso. Beat Helen Joseph for the vacant title back in. Uh, September 2015. She beat Calista Filgado, who's also a, an experienced fighter, defending the title there. Beat Liliana Martinez, who is fighting, uh, no, the, oh, who just fought for uh, the WBC international title in Germany, which we mentioned in our fight review. And then she beat uh, Olivia Gerula, who beat uh, Kalisha West at one point. So, She's yeah, had a good yeah. run, and now she's facing Lisbeth Crespo. Lisbeth Crespo, 12-3, and three, three knockouts, uh, has not fought since January of 2017. She's from Argentina, um, so they call her La Leona, and uh, she's going to be uh, challenging Miss um, uh, Jennifer Hahn on the 17th. So the 17th, we have five major fights happening Argentina, Debra Anaid Dionisis against Terumi Nuki for the IBF 115 title. Mariana Juarez defending her 118 WBC title against Gabriela Bouvier. Montserrat Larcón trying to hold off Arely Monsignor from achieving her dream for the WBO flyweight title. Ava Knight hopefully back in action in Las Vegas. 
and Jennifer Hahn facing Lisbeth Crespo at 126 pounds for the IBF title. So, David, unfortunately, we weren't able to have Ms. Mariana Juarez on the show so she could talk to us about her upcoming fight. Maybe we could have her on the next show to talk about that experience and a couple after other things. That ho- after a fight, hopefully we could have her here on our next show. Um, and then we'll be working on other things. Our next show is scheduled for February 22nd. Uh, here on the Two Minute Round, your hooks and jazz look at Female Fight World. David, anything to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I do want. Um, I last in our last show we had Tanisha Estrada. She's supposed to be fighting in March, and uh, also Maricela Cornell will be fighting on March 9th at the OC Hangar in uh, Costa Rica. Oh yeah, and I think and, she um, has an opponent. I think they already announced her opponent, didn't they? I I don't think so. I don't think so. They haven't announced uh-huh. it yet. And they haven't announced Sunisa's either. And, and also, uh, the, uh, I forget her name, um, Marlon Esparza is also fighting in March. Although she's not fighting Sunisa. She will be fighting but, in a late round bout. But are they, they're not all fighting on the same card, right? No, no, they're all separate cards. Okay, I think uh, Marlon is fighting at the Belasco on March the 16th. Uh, I think Sunisa is fighting in Tennessee Springs. It's not positive. They haven't announced it yet, but that's what I've been told. And then and then Maricela Cornejo at the OC Hangar in Orange County. Oh, yeah. And then Michaela Mayer is fighting at the Sub Hub. Yes, March that's 10th, on the 10th. 10th. That's on the 10th. 10th. Okay. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of action going on in California for women yeah. in the next uh, few weeks coming up. And, then, of course, Ava Knight, like you mentioned, is scheduled for next week. Okay, David. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's our show for today, and our next show is February 22nd, and hopefully we'll have Mayana Juarez as a guest, and hopefully before that we'll have a fresh faces feature uh, with uh, with Alicia Baumdogger, who is also fighting uh, uh, this month. So with that said, we sign off. Two-minute round, hooks and jets, look at the female fight.